on episode 579 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Dave Asprey and discuss his book, Smarter Not Harder, The Biohacker's Guide to Getting the Body and Mind You Want. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 579. Have you decided you're ready to make a change? To reclaim your health and fitness, the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is here for you. Each week, we dive deep into health and fitness topics that affect those of us over 40. I'm Coach Allen. I'm an NASM certified personal trainer with specializations in corrective exercise, behavior change, performance enhancement, and fitness nutrition. A Precision Nutrition Level 1 coach, a FAI certified functional aging specialist, and an OTA Level 2 online trainer. Each week, I'm joined by our co-host, Coach Rachel. She is an NASM certified personal trainer and a RRCA level one run coach. Let us be your coaches as you find your way on your health and fitness journey. All right, let's go. Are you looking for a chance to take your fitness to the next level? Do you dream of combining exercise and adventure in a tropical paradise? Look no further. The 40 Plus Fitness Retreat from May 29th to June 2nd in Bocas del Toro, Panama is just what you need. Imagine waking up to the sound of the waves surrounded by lush jungle and crystal clear waters. This program is designed to challenge your body and mind with daily fitness sessions, beach workouts, and guided hikes through the stunning scenery of Bocas del Toro. Led by Coach Alan Meisner, the retreat is tailored to suit all levels of fitness and ability. You'll receive personalized coaching, nutritional guidance, and plenty of motivation to help you reach your fitness goals. But it's not all about hard work. Our retreat offers plenty of opportunities to relax and rejuvenate, unwind with a massage, or take a dip in the Caribbean water, or simply kick back and soak up the sun on the beach. Don't miss out on this chance to boost your fitness, meet like minded people, and experience the natural beauty of Panama. Sign up today and start counting down the days until your dream fitness retreat. Spaces are limited, so act fast to secure your spot. Go to 40plusfitness.com forward slash retreat to book your place. See you in Bocas del Toro. Hey, Raz, how are you? Good, Alan. How are you today? Well, we're right into the prime season for Bocas and you know, surf season's kicking up. And so we got a lot of people coming in for that. And then cool. we're going into a part of the year called Carnival. Many mm -hmm. people in the United States will think of it as Mardi Gras. So you'll hear Mardi Gras mm -hmm. on the Fat Tuesday. It's a big, cool. big, big holiday here in Panama. So it's kind of massive. And I think this year is going to be another big one because we, we kind of slowed it down with COVID. You know, they basically oh, canceled yeah. everything here for two years. Mm -hmm for COVID and last year they had it. And this year, I think it's kind of blow up a little bit because there's just oh. kind of pent up thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to have Carnival. It's rolling up in the middle of February. So this episode will nice. probably already be live by the time that uh, that happens, but we're in a really busy season and being on the hospitality industry with mm -hmm. Lula's is kicking. Um, well, that's exciting. We're full, we're full most nights and, you know, trading out and, you know, different guests. And so we've had some really good times, really good guests and, then of course, you know, I'm, I'm planning the retreat. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm going through that process of getting that all organized and, you know, be hosted at Lula's. 
So if you're interested, go to 40plusfitness.com forward slash retreat. And if there are any slots left, then you can go check it out. Got six slots for the VIP and the VIPs get to stay at Lula's. And then I have 24 slots open for the general attendees. And it's a real good opportunity. It's a fitness retreat. So the, the purpose of this is for you to do a little bit of movement and enjoy some of what is available here in Bocas. But beyond that is basically for you to build a plan that's specific for you. Where do you want to go with your fitness? What does it look like? And we're going to do all of that, that thought exercise. And then literally you'll leave here with a program. You say, this is what my gym looks like. This is what I have available to me. This is what I'm willing to do. And so when you leave here, you basically have the next six months of your plan completely mapped out to take your fitness to the next level. Cool. And that's what the objective is for this is, you know, if you're tired of where you are right now and you're struggling with your fitness, this is going to be your opportunity to figure it out and have a plan and literally leave here and know that by the end of 2023, you're going to be as fit as you can possibly be. Awesome. That sounds great. So how are things up there? Good. Really good. I just went for my annual physical this week, donated some blood today to have the insides checked out. So my doctor says I'm doing well and healthy. So now we'll see what the blood work says when it comes back. <laughs> good. Yeah. I'm about to, I'm about to go through that myself. I've got a good um, little bit done. It's kind good. of a funny thing. You're trying to set an appointment and February and March, of course, with February just having 28 days, it cr- kind of creates this dynamic of looking at dates and getting them wrong. We had a guest, <laughs> that, we had a guest that actually do that, did that. We were looking to check them in yesterday and we messaged him. He finally gets on the email and finds it and says, oh, this was supposed to be in March. I, Oops, I made oh, a mistake. And so you're like, no. oh. but my physician did the same. Their office did the same thing. I set up the oh, appointment no. I, and I originally said, I want it the first week of March. They came back and said, well, we can do the 13th. I'm like, okay, cool. And I said, just let me know what time. And then they sent me the message and had a lot of a lot of words and is all in Spanish. And so I I read it, but I didn't read it, read it. Mm-hmm. And I just so I just saw, okay, 13th, Monday, 1 p.m. I'm like, cool. And I gotta get up now. I'm more focused on I gotta get a blood test done before I go because they want the results before I meet with the doctor. And so they gave me some numbers. I'm I'm looking for ways I can get that done. And then again, yeah, yesterday or you know, for us yesterday, the 13th, they send me the message and say, okay, your appointment's this afternoon. And I'm like, no. Whoops. No. Then I go back and look <laughs> at it and realize I didn't read their message for clearly enough. And oh. obviously they didn't read my message clearly enough when I said I needed it in March. Um, oh so gosh. yeah, we're going to try to get that all sorted out. They were like, uh, okay, okay, no problem. Well, you know, re- reset your appointment and we'll, we'll go forward. They didn't want to set it Perfect. early. I don't, they, I don't know. It's weird, but they said, wait, you know, make sure it's more than five days, but sometime or so I'll just wait a week or two and book, book my appointment for March. <laughs> oh but, my um, <laughs> gosh. Well, good. I'm glad you're going. Annual physicals are so important and it's good to get this annual blood work, watch that baseline and, and I'm glad you're going. Good. Yeah. 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 You got, I mean, and the screening is important. I think that's it one is. thing is, is if you're waiting for the symptoms, then you're waiting for illness. And so yeah. by doing the screenings, getting yourself out there, you're going to learn earlier, know better and be in a better place. Right. So it's absolutely appreciate that you went and got your checkup. I'm going to yep. get some of mine done. In fact, Good. I've got to get out here in a minute and look for the type of doctor that does the poop shoot. Um, <laughs> oh, time for a colonoscopy. 
Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get that done. Um, Good. Only because, again, I'm, I'm traveling to David and I want to make the trip worth it because it's a Good. it's a boat and a bus and then a mm-hmm. hotel and all that. So it's like, okay, if I'm going to go there on the 13th, hopefully, I guess the 13th, and it's like, okay, Good. can I then the next day go in and, and get this other one done? Perfect. Uh, yeah. So it's the whole, you know, was my insurance cover it? Although I've got this, you know, high level, high deductible program here. Mm-hmm. I was like, does it cover it or not? And then, okay, what does that mean? And then, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm not going to hit the deductible with these tests, but you know, right. so I'm well, going to be paying for it and be paying for it. But at the same time, it's like go against it's the deductible. So, so if something happens and it's there, but so at any rate, yeah, we're, um, I'm in that mode too. Good. Good. <laughs> Glad to hear it. All right. Are you ready to have this conversation with Dave Asprey? Sure. Our guest today is the father of biohacking and founder of Bulletproof 360. He is a four-time New York Times bestselling author, host of the Webby award-winning podcast, Bulletproof Radio, and the creator of the global phenomenon, Bulletproof Coffee and the Bulletproof Diet. Through the Bulletproof Diet, countless biological experiments and simple life hacks, He has maintained a 100-pound weight loss, upgraded his brain, and transformed himself into a happy, gratitude-filled husband, father, writer, executive, and human being. With over 200 million downloads of his Human Upgrade podcast, millions of monthly unique visitors to his blog, and of course, the Bulletproof 360 products in millions of households worldwide, he has created a movement that shows us the power of intention and the limitless possibilities of the human spirit and the incredible capacity of the physical body. With no further ado, here's Dave Asprey. Dave, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. I am so happy to be here for you, Alan. (laughs) Now, your book is called Smarter Not Harder, The Biohacker's Guide to Getting the Body and Mind You Want. And I've got two things to say. First off is you under-promised and over-delivered because I think- I think a lot of the things that are in this book are, yes, they're going to improve your body. And there are a lot of things in this book that are going to improve your mind. But there is so much in this book that if you take it serious and you pay attention, it's going to change your life. It's not worth the time it takes to write a book if it doesn't have that level of value. It's thousands of hours of work to put together a book like this and lots of late nights And it's not a profitable thing to do to write a book like this. I'm CEO of multiple companies. I built a $100 million company. (laughs) And so I read these books. I'm like, man, if I write this, my crystallized knowledge from this is going to be so good for me. And when someone reads it, they're going to get at least 100 hours of time back. Then it's worth it. Otherwise... I have other stuff to do and I'm lazy. So (laughs) it's like, I don't want to do more work than is necessary. And we all are. And we'll get into that in a minute. You know, I think the other thing is, and I've, I've said this before on this podcast, I've been doing this for seven years is I, I've had a little bit of a problem with the term biohacker and it's only going back, you know, from the beginning of when I was trying to figure this stuff out and people are just throwing these things out there, seeing if they stick And so it was like, okay, you know, consistency matters and, you know, understanding your body and how it responds to stimulus matters and recovery matters and sleep matters. And so there are things you can do, little things that can make that better. And so I've always kind of understood, yes, we're going to have the tricks and tips that work for us. And then some that we just have to discard because they're just not, they're not right for us. In the beginning, when I first started trying to figure this stuff out, though, there seemed to be more hacks 
in the biohacker space than there were the people who actually took the time to read the science, fundamentally understand it, and then apply it in a, a reasonable, measured way to make sure that the results were what they were. And that's one of the things I can say that I appreciate about you is that you didn't just throw things against the wall and see if they stick. You figured out why something was working or not working for yourself. I think at one point, and then this is probably so old, you're like, oh, that's not even a big number anymore. But you know, you'd spent three hundred. You said I remember you saying on your podcast, "I've spent over three hundred thousand dollars figuring out what works for me." (laughs) That was just the very beginning when I started. That's what it took me to get back to baseline. Since then, it's probably around two million dollars I've spent on upgrading my biology and all the different ways I do it. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I I don't regret that. Yeah, you make these investments, but you don't just sit there and say, "Well, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try this stem cell thing, or I'm gonna try this CRISPR thing." And you literally do the research and say, "Okay, what's the likelihood that you know what's this gonna do? How's this gonna work?" And I think again, that just kind of changes. It changed me. It changed the way I think about biohacking. And I would say, from the perspective of reading this, particularly this book, I wouldn't even call this so much biohacking. It's a new thing, and it's scientific application of a principle. And so, you know, I think kind of the backing of all this is that as I read this book, I'm like, these are more than biohacks in many cases. These are just really sensible, real things that you can do to improve your life. And some of them are not mainstream right now, but they will be. They will be. And and (laughs) things that weren't mainstream (laughs) 15 years ago are, you know, and I, I, there's not probably not many people out there that haven't at least heard the term bulletproof coffee and the whole thing of putting fat in your coffee and, and how keto can help power your brain better. And it's just, so the things that were, you know, they were cutting edge then they're now mainstream things that are in this book. Some of them are on that edge, but they're going to be mainstream because you've done your homework. And that's one of the things I appreciate about this book. Beautiful. Thank you. I do have a track record of in my books writing about stuff that when you know how stuff works with a good model, you can predict how things ought to work. And then you can say, well, I'm going to try what ought to work. And if it does work, then you can propose the theory. You can show the hack and say, this ought to work for you, but there's no guarantee. Give it a try because the risk is low and the reward is high. And that's kind of how I structure my books. And I say, let's assume this is real. What's an example you could do at home? What's an example that you could do that you'll spend a little bit of money on? And what's an example that a crazy billionaire is doing right now that takes advantage of this new idea in the world? And there were two new big ideas that made Smarter Not Harder worth writing about, or I guess maybe it's even three. But one of the most important ones is what I call slope of the curve biology, which is not a sexy name. I, as a marketing guy, I probably could have done better. I was going to call it the spike, but uh, the, the, they didn't like that. <laughs> so what it, what it is, is the idea that your, your body's automated part. I call it the meat operating system in the book. The thing that's running your body when you're not looking, all the little stuff you wouldn't pay attention to anyway. Well, it doesn't respond to the volume of work you do. It responds to the rate that you increase the work and, very importantly, the rate that you return back to baseline. So if you wanted to make your body change quickly, you would do something that takes it right to the edge almost instantly and then meditate right away and have this sudden spike. And when that happens, the body gets a signal that's something like this. A tiger almost caught me, but now I'm safe. 
since I have enough nutrients, I have enough energy, and I'm not stressed right now, let me just upgrade my capabilities in case that happens again. But because we believe without any evidence that doing a bigger volume of work is going to make us somehow stronger, we do the sprint and then we run at half of our capacity for 30 minutes. And the stupid body goes, oh man, the tiger almost caught us, but it's still hunting us because we keep running. Therefore, why would I ever adapt? I need to put all my resources into making sure that I run some more. And we think what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. The reality is that sending a brief signal into your body and then allowing the body to respond by adapting makes you stronger. And it's a lot less work than the what doesn't kill me makes me stronger vibe. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the cores that runs through this book. The, the curve, yes. And I, I was a physics major at one point. So definitely understand the the curve being the way we, we think about most it, things in science. It's the derivative, not the <laughs> integral of all the math people yeah. of us. <laughs> yeah. But you have this book thing in a book and it's called The Laziness Principle. And I think when I started reading, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, but this is not a mental laziness where you're just saying, I, I really just don't want to work out. The reality is your body doesn't want to work out. Your body doesn't <laughs> want to expend energy. Your body just late, basically wants you to do everything to get by just enough because that makes it very easy for it to hold homostasis and survive. And it's, it's, it's kept us yeah. alive all the times that, that we've been humans and even before is this principle of, you know, maintaining a lazy attitude towards everything. In fact, if you look at that, a famine could come at any time, so why burn one more calorie than necessary? And that's why the body makes the couch look sexy and the gym look horrible. And everyone who says, oh, I, I thought about being lazy. No, you didn't. Your body felt lazy and you made up a thought to match the feeling. You actually aren't lazy. Your meat is lazy. Your cognitive part of you, the conscious, rational part of you, the human part of you wants to work out. In fact, it wants to want to work out. And then you feel guilt and shame because you don't automatically want to work out. How could I have this feeling that I don't want to work out? It's because your body is smart and it doesn't want you to starve to death and it's trying to keep you alive. So you can use willpower to overcome the body's natural impulse, or you could use another trick. And that's what's behind the laziness principle. It's actually a motivational trick. And what it is, is to understand what marketing companies have known for years. It's that your body cares more about saving than spending. And that's why if you've ever had someone come back from a shopping trip and say, I saved $100 on a pair of shoes, honey. And they say, yeah, but how much were they? Well, they were $200. Okay, so you spent $200. No, 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 I saved $100. Why did the $100 feel more important than the $200? We know it wasn't, but we feel it is. That's why coupons work so effectively on people. Because savings feels bigger than spending. So what I teach you to do throughout Smarter Not Harder is, hey, pick one of the five big goals people have in their health. And then use one of the techniques based on slope of the curve biology that are in the book. And when you do that, here's how much time you're going to save. Instead of motivating yourself by, I'm going to do five minutes of cardio, you go, I'm going to save 40 minutes of cardio. I will go out of my way to save 40 minutes of sweating with someone in spandex yelling at me, but I won't go out of my way to spend five minutes doing cardio. Even though it's a lot less work, it's still work. And I'm just not attracted to work. I'm just attracted to results with no cost. And so are you. And that's okay. In fact, that is the sacred part of being human. Do you think we ever would have invented airplanes if we weren't lazy? 
it was a lot of work to walk there. So first we figured out, let's ride a horse and let's make a train. Let's make a car. It's still not fast enough and we're still too lazy. Let's build airplanes. And pretty soon we'll probably teleport because we're lazy. That's how we work. Yeah. The way I, one of the ways I like to think of it is you can put, wrap your mind around fear of missing out and just how that, you know, the, what am I going to miss? And so you're more focused on that than the thing that's in front of you of what you could have. And so we'll kind of drift back to that laziness to save the energy. But when it comes to missing something, we're going to turn on a little bit. And, you know, when you, like you said, take the time off, this is why, you know, when, when we hear that uh, hit training is valuable and it sounds cool. And then, you know, we have to, but we still have to do a little bit of work. We got to get up. Like you said, we got to get up to that line and it's a, it's a high line. So there's a lot of effort, but it's a short period of time. And so, you know, I think that's where the, the juxtaposition is, is to understand how this is going to be energy saving so that your body and you are kind of in job. Because like you said, the cerebral part of my brain tells me, okay, I, I should probably be working out longer than seven minutes. It's funny because if you're doing standard high intensity interval training, you know, I was a very, very early voice in that movement about 10 years ago. and it's just better than doing long cardio, but it still sucks. You got to get on a treadmill, go to the park, kick your ass for a whole minute, right? And then you're really hurting and then you, you sort of slow down and then you do it again and it works better, but it takes like 15, 20 minutes and you're kind of cooked when you're done. It's not that pleasant. So imagine my surprise when the idea of rehit came out. And this is one of the things that says, oh, there's unique signals you can send it into your operating system in your body that cause it to adapt rapidly. They're literally what a computer hacker like me by training would do. Oh, look, there's an opening in the system. We can exploit that vulnerability. And what it turns out for the body is that even better performing in high intensity interval training is a five minute protocol that takes 20 seconds of hard work. And it works better than a 10 minute protocol with 40 seconds. You actually get worse results if you do it longer. What the heck? And that's because it's getting exactly the right signal in and then having the peace and freedom and energy to make the change versus it's kind of selling beyond the clothes. You ever have someone do that? Okay, I'll buy yeah. it. And they keep telling you how good it is until finally you just walk away because you've just had enough and you don't even buy it. Well, when we do high intensity interval training or even worse, we just hop on a cardio bike and, you know, do valleys. What we're doing is the body is like, I got the signal. And you're like, you will listen again. And you just do it over and over and over. And finally, the body's like, I'm too tired to change. Like, like screw off. And then it won't do it. And you think, but I'm a good person. I sweat it all over myself. I can wring my shirt out. I worked hard. I should be rewarded for working hard. No, you get rewarded for getting a signal in and then making the body change. That's the smarter side. The harder side is just what you think works better. The harder side is masochism and it's guilt and shame taught by a culture of people shaming each other for naturally being lazy. Screw that noise. I am lazier than you. And that is why I have ideally five New York Times bestsellers <laughs> and a giant podcast and all these companies because I didn't want to do any work. Each of these companies solves a problem for me and many other people. And the problems are all derived from, I don't want to do that. It's too hard. Let's make it easier. Yeah. It does not build soft humans. It builds very powerful humans when you solve problems. It also can build soft humans because if everything is easy and you never have to work hard on anything, you don't adapt and improve. My 
understanding of reality is that when humans have all their electricity working, they will choose to do hard things or painful things because it's worth it. And it's totally true. You can have a soft world, the kind of inventions, the kind of things that I'm creating and that many people create, they make life easier so you can grow and evolve. It's also possible to have an easy life so you never do anything. Those are different things. Yeah. So our body wants us to be lazy and that's about conserving energy. So again, we can survive during the famines and, and this and that. Now, you in the book share like this is this kind of overriding line of how the whole book is structured is the six steps of energy success. Could you walk kind of through that a little bit to help us understand these stages? Because I, I kind of looked at them as stages of do this first, because if you don't do this and you skip forward, your results aren't going to be quite as good as you they would otherwise be. But can you kind of walk us through some of those? Because I think that's really important. And you're going to have to give me a second. Okay. I don't have the book. That's cool. I'll memorized. walk you through this. Okay. The first one is. Yeah, if you walk me through, it, it's funny because there's a structure of the book that I have memorized and that's a tool for educating about one of them, but that's not something I typically yeah. run through. So right. walk me through them and I'll explain okay, cool. each one for you. That's really yeah. helpful. So the first one is about removing friction. I thought that was going to be it. Yeah. All right. If you believe that suffering and struggling makes you stronger, you should drive around with the brakes and the accelerator on all the time because it's harder. And we're actually doing that all the time. So the easiest way to do things smarter, not harder, is to say, what are the things I'm doing that are creating friction in my life and stop doing those? It's just a lot easier to do that than it is to give your car more horsepower to overcome the fact your brakes are on. Yeah. Right. So, and we don't think of it this way. Most people, especially performance oriented type A people like I've been, well, we're just going to, I'm just going to work out more. I'm going to do the hard thing, but that's not smart. What's smart is look at for where you're causing slowness. And it could be you just didn't put the right raw materials in there, or it could be that there are areas where you're leaking energy or using it in ways that don't make sense. And that's when you stop those. And magically, you can double your performance just from doing that. Yeah. And the second one was about loading up on raw materials. And I want to dive into this one because I think in, in my mind, this is where we get a lot of bad advice. But can you talk a little bit about uh, raw materials? I've written a best-selling diet book that's helped people lose 2 million pounds. And I've written an anti-aging book with some food in it. I've written a fasting book. So I feel like I always write something different about food, but I've written enough about food. So this isn't about food per se. It's about making sure that you have a couple nutrients that are missing from the world of biohacking and that are affecting everyone. So what I'm looking for is what is the smallest thing you could do that affects the most systems in the body? And there's only two supplements that are the focus for this part of the book. They're foundational and they're not even sexy. One of them is minerals. Right now, the food we eat doesn't have minerals in it because we've been destroying our soil with glyphosate and with industrial agriculture. So the minerals just aren't there or they're not available for plants. And then you eat the plants, the plants themselves lock up minerals. So even though the minerals are in the plant, you can't get the minerals. And that's actually one of the sources of friction in the book. So if you can believe that you're eating foods that pull minerals out of your body and you're not getting minerals from the food, if you restore minerals in the body, you can make electricity better, you can fold proteins better, and every biohack, every exercise, every thought works better when you have the raw materials there. So you need your macro minerals, a mineral supplement, 
And then you need trace minerals. And that's why my newest coffee brand, which is called Danger Coffee, dangercoffee.com, it's actually full of trace minerals that we add back in. So when you drink the coffee, you get trace minerals and electrolytes to bring minerals back into your cells. On top of that, most people by now who've listened to my content or yours or many others have heard that vitamin D3 is good for you. And it is. In fact, during the last three years of government insanity where they never once talked about the fact that it reduces your chances of getting respiratory infections from any source by 20%. <laughs> I guess they overlooked the hundred plus papers that said that, but they were pretty scared and, you know, doing other things. So anyway, we know it's good for us, but a lot of people don't know that it's good for us because it helps to drive calcium into cells. It does many other things as well, but it's partners, vitamin K2, which keeps the calcium in the cells so that you don't get calcified arteries and vitamin A that escorts other minerals into the cells and vitamin E that also even affects iodine levels. If you were to take your vitamin Dake, which is what I call it in the book, D-A-K-E, and your trace minerals in Danger Coffee and your macro minerals from many of the available mineral supplements, that combination it's not sexy. It's not a nootropic. It's not a sex enhancement formula. It's not a sleep formula, but it makes everything else you do work better. So this is the lowest common denominator missing from everybody. Two recommendations in the book. And I talk you through why that matters. And it matters because if your body isn't getting the raw materials it needs, it will feel anxious. And when your meat operating system feels anxious, you feel anxious. So you have this sense of like dread and kind of impending doom. It's like, something's not right. I don't know what it is. It's probably my wife. No, it's not your <laughs> wife. It's the fact that you have a hardware problem right now and it's trying to send a signal to you and it doesn't even know what it is because your body is incredibly stupid. It's just really fast. You are very smart. You're just very slow compared to your body. Yeah. Now, another area you went into here was to pick your target areas. We talked a little bit about that at the beginning and to track it. You know, how does someone know what would be kind of the low-hanging fruit, maybe the first target areas they should be considering? You know, someone over 40 who is overweight, maybe starting to really get interested in taking better care of themselves, how would they know the target area that would matter most for them? Well, there are five big target areas. And the reason I know about the target areas is because I opened an upgrade labs, which is the first biohacking center on the planet. I, I created this idea that what if you came somewhere where all the tools that the crazy billionaires are using were available for you to use it. It's not a gym, but if you go there, you might not need to go to the gym and it does a bunch of other stuff you can't do anywhere else. So after eight years of running this, it's now a franchise. You can go to ownandupgradelabs.com and you can open one in your city. So there's more than a dozen in the process of opening right now and more people are buying them every day all over North America. So I want this to be accessible. But in the meantime, if you go to daveasprey.com, I'm putting a quiz up by the time the book launches, it'll be up there that'll help you do this or you read Smarter Not Harder and I'll tell you how to intuit this, but it's better to use a quiz. And what's going to happen is you're going to choose your number one and number two. And here's the list. You might want more muscle mass. This is really important. You lose muscle mass, you'll lose metabolism, and you're more likely to die. And generally, you need muscle mass. So that might be your top goal. Your next one might be cardiovascular function. You know what? I get winded going up the stairs. I don't like that. I can't play with my kids. Okay? That might be more important to you than putting on muscle. Right? That means you can do both. you got to pick the order and pick the priority. And those two actually don't go well together. You're not going to run a marathon and get swole at the same time. It's, it's not how biology works. 
The third thing is you might say, I want my brain to work again. For me, that was my most important thing. I just want my brain to work. I'm so tired. I'm in my 20s. I weigh 300 pounds. I have chronic fatigue syndrome. My career is taking off and I feel as dumb as a post. And there were reasons for it. So maybe your brain is a big thing. You don't normally go to the gym for your brain, but that might be your biggest goal. And if you go to Upgrade Labs, we'll do neurofeedback. We'll fix your brain if, if it's something that can be done that way. The next thing is you might say, I want my energy back. So I'm tired all the time, which is exactly the same as saying, I want to lose weight. It's like the same techniques. If you're putting your electricity into storing fat, then you're not putting it into having energy. And then after that, some people are now saying, I want the ability to manage my stress better than I do. In fact, for the first time ever in history, in surveys, people are asking for the ability to manage anxiety more than to lose weight. For 35 years, the number one goal has been, I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight. And now they're saying, I want to not feel all this stress. I want to feel not feel all this stress. And we know whose fault that is, Pfizer's. But you know, there, there's all sorts of uh, all sorts of things that go into stress, lack of human connection, all that. People don't know what it is, but they want resilience. And each of those five things, did you want your brain to work better or did you want to manage stress better? Which matters more? And people say, oh, well, I think that maybe stress management matters better. You go, okay, how does that compare to muscle mass? Well, it turns out that a lot of people don't necessarily know what would be better, muscle mass versus stress resilience versus something else. So we use a statistical model with the quiz and at Upgrade Labs to help you figure out what's really at the top. And once you know your number one and number two, you can choose the techniques that give you the most of what you want for both of those categories. And you'll get side benefits and all the other ones anyway. Anytime you improve one thing, you improve everything. But it it's really amazing when you say, wow, I'm going to consciously choose a biohacking technique that meets my number one and number two goal the most. And then when you do a five or a 10 minute thing that might be mildly difficult and it pays dividends in two different areas you care the most about, you'll just sit down and go, that was worth it. And your operating system, your meat will not resist things that are worth it. It'll just resist things that aren't worth it. And right now, the spin class is not worth it. You go because you trick yourself with habit. You go because there's loud music and there's someone kind of shaming you into pedaling faster and probably because you have some friends there. So you're getting a little bit of community, but generally your body doesn't want to do that. And eventually you can get yourself hooked on endorphins from doing it. It's just not a way to get super healthy, but it might be really fun. If it's fun, you should keep doing it. If you're like me and that's your idea of suffering without a lot of results, I'll show you how to get six times better results in five minutes, three times a week than you're going to get from going every day to a cardio class. So let's stop doing cardio classes. Let's take all the time we were going to spend there and use it to meditate. Oh, except meditation is kind of a waste of time because there's five ways in Smarter Not Harder to get the results of meditation in less time. So you might as well, when you're doing that hour of meditation, instead of doing a meditation that's mildly effective, do a meditation that's strongly effective for your brain and combine it with breath work, which in studies works better. Like who would have thought? Right. So I'm just saying your life and your time and your energy, they're so precious that because we've been programmed by society to believe that struggling and suffering is good, we do stuff that barely works and is really hard, and then we reward ourselves for that, and then we feel shame for doing stuff that works better but isn't hard. I'm done with that. I, I'm not ashamed to be lazy. I am lazy, and it's made me profoundly powerful, and it's let me change the world. And I don't want to spend one more ounce of energy on 
anything than it takes. And every time I waste energy on something I don't want to do, it's a crime against myself. That's how much I embrace laziness. And, you know, and, and what you just said there really kind of wrapped around really the last few of these was, you know, you're sending signals to your body, whether you know it or not. And so that, that extra work you're doing is it's telling your body something's just not right versus doing it the way that your body would respond to and understand and then know. And right. if you're pushing yourself that hard, you're probably not recovering the way that your body needs you to. So you're not recovering like a boss because you just keep beating yourself up thinking that's how I'm going to get that nail in there. And so I'm the hammer. I got to keep, you know, it's everything's a nail. And then the final bit of this was to evaluate, personalize and repeat. And I think if you go through this book and you do some of these things, particularly in the areas that matter most to you, right. you're going to move the needle. And as soon as you start moving that needle and you see it, it should encourage you to double down on that, to figure out the what's working, what's not, and really get to the value of your time and your energy and make the most of it. You said it. And what I've learned from my own path in biohacking, where I started out just by fixing my brain and fixing my body and then upgrading them, is that when you do one thing successfully, it generates another slice of free energy. And if you invest that free energy back into yourself, any kind of personal development, you can very quickly develop superpowers. What a lot of us get stuck on, including me, when I went to the gym for 702 hours, 90 minutes a day, six days a week for 18 months, that was wasted time. And I did not lose any weight during that time. I got strong, but I still had a 46 inch waist. And if I'd have known what was in this book in that 702 hours, I could not only have lost the weight, got my energy back, fixed my brain, I probably could have learned massive amounts of meditation and trauma resolution and probably been a lot less of a jerk in my 20s. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I, I, I could have done a lot. Instead, I struggled and I suffered and yeah. I lifted the heavy stuff and I sweated. But it wasn't the best path. It was just the yeah. path that I found. And a lot of us are on a path that doesn't give us extra energy. That extra energy goes back into being you. And it goes back into improving you. And when you do it, especially all of my works are written, if I have just known this when I was 20, do you know what a monster you would be when you're 30? If you, if you got into this when you were 20 and you just took the same amount of time you're spending now, but you applied it in a targeted way towards what you cared about. By the time you're 30, like, I have whatever career I want, I have whatever degrees I want because I had so much energy, I could pay attention all day long. I have the friendships I want because I had energy all the time, so much energy that I could actually notice when I was acting like a jerk and change my behavior. You know, I have the relationships I want. All these things happen. Or you could just do the hard stuff and barely make any progress, but that's okay, have beer at the end of the day. Like you get to pick. If I'd have just known, oh my God, the time I wasted, I want it back. Yeah. Well, we can't actually get it back, but what we can do is make the most of what's in front of us. And that's, that's what here. Now there is one thing that is something that was behind us that I, I really think is, it's coming to light for me a lot more. I think before I kind of poo pooed this as a, okay, yeah, we all have hard times. We all have struggles and, and we all, you know, someone bopped us in the head at some point in our life when we were younger and it's been in the last few years and it's probably got a lot to do with COVID and some of the things that happened there that 
on getting a better understanding of the what trauma is doing to us and Amen. what we need to do for ourselves if we're really going to be, I think one of your books was actually called Superhuman, but if yeah. we're going to improve ourselves, this is something that we have to explore. Can you talk a little bit about trauma and how that can derail all of this? Yeah. If you accept the part of the book that there's a third of a second gap between when something happens in reality and when our brain gets the first electrical signal that something's happening, it means someone else is in charge for a third of a second. What trauma does is it programs your meat operating system to be responsive and reactive to feelings or to things in the environment, even if they're not something that's a threat. So what that means is when someone who looks like little Johnny who beat you up in fifth grade, when they walk into the boardroom, you're going to feel a wave of unease and maybe even a fight or flight response that makes no rational sense unless you realize that your operating system is doing this to you because it thinks there's a threat before you could see the threat. You don't even see it for a third of a second. It's already identified a pattern and it's already put you in distress mode. That's the equivalent on your phone of having an alert pop up, right? So imagine if you didn't turn off all those annoying alerts and you pick up your phone and, and literally 500 alerts are going off while you're just trying to compose an email, you can't get anything done. Your operating system is full of useless, meaningless alerts set up by old traumas. Every time you process the trauma and release it fully, the alert stops and you're no longer triggered by that. And then that frees up a huge amount of additional energy. I do a lot of work on this. And that's the core process that I teach in the final chapter or the second to last chapter in Smarter Not Harder, where I talk about spiritual hacking. And there is a structured process called the reset mode that is a part of my neuroscience facility. This is a facility where you go in to spend five days really intense hard days just to be super transparent and that replaces at least 20 years of daily meditation practice your brain can do things that only very advanced meditators can do because we're using computers to show it to you and what you're doing for part of that process is this reset mode that goes in lets you selectively turn off reactive patterns that don't serve you because every reactive pattern sucks energy actual electricity away and it pulls you out of being present and focused on what you want to focus on and it makes you react to something marketers are good at pushing these buttons and governments are exceptionally good at pushing these buttons and my desire what i'm working on with all of the companies that i'm either owning or running or advising or investing in is that i'm working to make humans very dangerous because the most dangerous human is unprogrammable. They actually have the power. They have so much energy and so much awareness. They are going to do the right thing. And who knows what they might do? But they're free to do it. I believe from my studies of biology and psychology, we're actually wired to be nice to each other. A person who is at full power and aware of themselves will help the little lady across the street and will stand up to injustice and will not be programmed by mass psychosis to force other people to do things they don't want to do because it's unkind to force people to do things. Whatever it is, if they don't want to do it, they don't have to do it. That's how the world works. Because if you can force someone else to do something, then they have the right to force you to do something. And none of us wants to live in that world. So we all got programmed at least most of us over the last couple of years, using these kind of manipulative tactics. If we all had the amount of energy that we are capable of having, we all would have laughed 
and continued on with life. And I don't want that to happen again. I don't want to go through all the suffering that I went through because I was programmed by companies who told me that if I just worked out enough and ate a low-fat, low-calorie diet, dude, I spent 702 hours struggling and suffering. I did not get the results. It took me that long to realize that I was chasing a fool's errand. I want people to be free. And the kind of peace that we can have on the planet, it's when everyone could do whatever they want. And it, everyone is dangerous because who knows what you might do. But that kind of danger, when you choose to be peaceful, that's awesome. The kind of peace that happens because you're so depleted of minerals, you're so tired, you're so programmed, you're so distracted, you just can't get up off the couch because you got nothing left. That's peace, but it's also hell. So there are forces for whatever economic reasons or other reasons. They're trying to make that world where we all eat fake foods and really have no choice. I just don't think that world's going to happen. I'm not going to let it happen. And there's lots of people who are doing energetic practices to make our biology so powerful that you can't trick us. And you can't feed us garbage and tell us we feel good because we notice when we don't feel good because we've actually felt good for once in our lives. I didn't have any of this before I was 30. It wasn't natural for me. So I'm working to help as many people as possible wake up and just say, you know what? You can believe that whatever thing works or whatever thing doesn't work. I don't care. I just want you to be in charge of you. And to do that, you have to have the power and the electricity. As soon as you're in charge of yourself, you're dangerous. And I want to be your friend, whatever you believe. And again, you finished out the book with this phrase or with this topic, you do you. And, you know, that's why I said when you... <laughs> underpromised and overdelivered with the title of this book because again this is about you taking control of your life mm -hmm. you making decisions for yourself making them in your own self best interest but in your own words could you kind of go through a little bit about how you define you do you and what that means for you it's a lot of what I just talked about there, the reality is that we don't all have the same goals. Like if your goal is to be the fastest human on the planet, you're going to do something very different than someone whose goal is, you know what? I want to be an amazing provider for my family. And I want to come home at the end of every day and I want to just be full of energy and calmness to play with my kids. By the way, that is a huge heroic act. It's really hard <laughs> to do that. I'm a dad of two teenagers. The number of times that the kids ask the same stupid question over and over, you know, chew with your mouth closed, chew with your mouth closed, you know, don't write your name on the wall. Like, how many times can you say it before you just go crazy? Every parent has had that thought. I can tell just by the way you laughed, you've had kids, yes. right? <laughs> so, okay, that's... That's actually being in charge. That's you doing you. Because a lot of times you come home, you're just too tired and you're going to yell at your kids. You don't, you're not glad you did it. You didn't want to. You didn't choose to. But your operating system did because you didn't have the energy left. You do you means you get to pick your goals and you get to pick what's worth it for you. And the reality is that your decisions are about where am I in my life right now, biologically and emotionally and spiritually and all that. And what's my goal? And you got to respect the fact that someone else might not be where you are and their goal may be somewhere over here. You do you, which means they can do them. And if you try to force someone else to do you, I hope that person's a really dangerous person and they stop you. Well, I hope you're a really dangerous person and you don't even go there because you yep. are focused on what's best for you. And I, you're listening to this podcast, so I'm pretty sure that you're, you're more like that. Yeah. And so... This is your opportunity to go through, find some things that work, apply them in your life. Again, he's going to give you the tools to know where that is and, and then just 
learn how your body's working and how the laziness principle and conserving energy and using energy where it's most valuable and not wasting it is really going to help you move the needle on this. So Dave, I really appreciate this. I'm going to end this with one question. I ask all my guests and I actually got this from you because you were doing this with your podcast way back when. I don't know if you still do, but this is my question is I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? Hmm. Three tactics or strategies to get and stay well. Number one, define what well means. You gave your definition. Use what's in Smarter Not Harder to figure out those five buckets. How much of each bucket is your recipe for wellness? If you don't know that, it's very hard to do the other parts. After that, find a way to objectively measure wellness. And it can be something as simple as how good of a day was today. If you write that down every day and you plot it against what you eat, you might as huh, every day when I eat a fake burger, it's actually not as good of a day. Huh, I wonder if they're correlated. Yeah, they are. But maybe you get heart rate variability on your sleep monitor, right? You can do all these different things, but pick something that you can track over time that doesn't take a lot of work to do. Maybe you get a continuous glucose monitor and for a month you track what every meal does to spike or not spike your blood sugar. So then you realize, huh, I never knew that oatmeal was actually junk food for peasants. Who would have thought? And then you find that out and you stop eating it. Or before you eat it, you have a bunch of eggs. All right, fine. Those are things that matter, but you got to have the objective measure. Understand your meat operating system, your body, it will lie to you. It will change your perception of reality to make it in charge. It will not let you see these things. But when you have measurement, it pokes a hole in that veil and then you can see what's going on. And the third thing, if we're looking for wellness, I'm looking for a foundational behavior that's going to affect everything else. So I'm going to kind of split that into two directions. One of them is take your trace minerals and your vitamin D because it affects everything. The other one would be learn how to sleep like a boss. And on that one, if you go to sleepwithdave.com, that is my free sleep training. It's also the best URL of my life. But yes. it's a free like. I just does that really work for you? Does that? Does that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not my OnlyFans page. That's different. Right? <laughs> All right. So there you go. Those are the three. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, so Dave, it. if someone wanted to learn more about you and learn more about smarter, not harder, where would you like for me to send them? Go to daveasprey.com and that has everything there. And, you know, get the form of Smarter Not Harder that works best for you. As an author, I'm always honored when someone wants to listen to my voice. I've read the whole book for you or absorb it however you want to absorb it. But orders now, right as it's launching, help a lot of other people find the book. And I'd be grateful when people just say, you know, I'm going to read it at some point. I'll pick it up now and do Dave a favor. Great. Well, Dave, thank you so much for being a part of 40 Plus Fitness. Alan, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Welcome back, Raz. Hey, Alan. That was a fun conversation. I love a good biohack. I love working smarter, not harder, but there's a time and a place for these types of little, you know, shortcuts, these little tricks. Yeah. You know, it's, it's important, you know, in the context of what Dave went through. So Dave was a a very successful young man in the tech industry, making good money, 
but realizing that what he was doing and noticing, realizing it a lot earlier than I did, that this was not a workable solution for him. He needed to do some things to improve his health. And in doing his own, going on his own journey, found things that he needed to resolve in his life to open himself up to be a healthier, better person. Mm-hmm. And we're all going through that at some stage or another. We we realize, oh, yeah. oh okay, this <laughs> this is not where I belong. I'm in the wrong neighborhood of health and fitness, and I got to get mm-hmm. myself to a better place. And so he did a lot of those things. And then he wanted more. He wanted to kind of tweak that and bump that up a bit. Mm-hmm. And so that's been his mission for a, a long, long time, because I've been listening to him online for a long time. Cool. And... When you say the term biohack, I kind of get a little cringe for a moment, only <laughs> only because some of these things are unproven, just whack. Oh, you know, and uh-huh. and I and I don't mean that in a bad way, but you know, there's there was a phase there where all of these guys were talking about ayahuasca. Okay, it's basically it's this thing, this thing that you drink. It's a uh, toxic. It's terrible, and it basically Ew. puts you in a hallucinogenic state. So they'll oh. go there to these like hot cabins and they'll sit out there and they'll drink this stuff and they're puking their guts out and they're having all these hallucinations. And and <laughs> the principle is that it's supposed to help you resolve trauma and, and untold things that are going on in your head. So Gosh. people who've done it, again, they get into all this other stuff. There are people who swear by it. Yeah, go do this and it's going to enlighten you. And, you know, you, but go and make sure you do it with the with a good shaman that knows what they're doing. And I'm like, okay, wow. you know, because you're gonna you're gonna apparently go to some scary places in your head. Um, <laughs> so that sounds but, a little but, but, out there, right? But and that's the thing is that the thing is is some of this stuff is out there mm-hmm. and not meant for you. Mm-hmm. And so I would say when when you look holistically at where you are today, mm-hmm. are you already really fit, really healthy, and then just want to move up? 1% where 1% actually matters or are you someone who's really struggling with your weight really struggling with your fitness not sleeping well you know dealing with stressful things and just really not mm-hmm. in optimal not in a good place not even in a good place mm-hmm. then these these hacks while they sound great oh you mean i can get fit just working out 3 minutes a day mm. and the short answer is you can get more fit but there's other things to consider. And that is, mm-hmm. okay, if you can't walk up a flight of stairs today without mm-hmm. getting winded, okay, spending three minutes on a vibrating platform mm-hmm. is probably not where you need to spend your time. No. And probably hit training wouldn't be so good for you either. And hit training might not be the best thing for you. So, but you go talk to a doctor and the doctor says, okay, look, there's nothing fundamentally broken. You should be able to exercise. Then the reality of it is, is going up the stairs, get you a little winded, walk back down and walk back up. That's exercise. Yes. And so instead of going up the flight of stairs once, go up twice. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're going to be winded. Yes, it's going to suck. And mm-hmm. it's going to take you twice as long to go up the stairs as it would have to just walk up a flight of stairs. But if you do that regularly, then going up the flight of stairs once is not going to be a problem for you because you've mm-hmm. built a level of fitness that allows you to do that. 
as you work on lowering your body fat and your, your overall body weight probably goes down, you'll find you're carrying less weight up those stairs. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you're able to go up the stairs easier. Um, sure. So you can build fitness with an investment of time, with an investment of effort, mm-hmm. and sometimes an investment of money. Mm-hmm. But the slow route, the slow route is the easiest route a lot of the times. And so where, mm-hmm. you know, where Dave is talking about hacking this, this is at a point where he's already reasonably fit. And, mm-hmm. and because he likes to do other things besides work out, he just doesn't enjoy working out, mm-hmm. which I can respect. Most people sure. don't actually like the idea of working out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why there's a lot of people that don't is he wants to find a way to get the same results or get to or stay where he is without putting in a whole lot of extra time. So finding a more efficient Mm -hmm. way to do something makes a ton of sense for him. Mm -hmm. Sure. But if you're not even close to the fitness level you want, these little hacks are not going to move the needle for you very far. And as a result, you're not going to get the results that, you know, that are promised here or you think are there because that's not how you get there initially. Mm-hmm. You got to do a little bit of the work first, get yourself to a base, and then you can start looking at these other ways to improve from there, to optimize, yeah. if you will. Sure. Um, and so I think that's where the, a lot of the breakdown for me is, is like, no, there's, there are really no shortcut shortcuts, uh-huh. but there are ways later on that you can, you can be more efficient with this, but you know, you're not going to, you're not going to stretch for 30 seconds and then your mobility is, is fine for the rest of your right. life. You've got to get out there and move. You've got to mm-hmm. teach your body full range of motion and be strong in all of those ranges. And that's just time. For sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The other part of what you discussed with him was the you do you concept. And it really, I love the, I love that phrase because we are also different And so, you know, what we choose to, how we choose to move, what we choose to eat, what diet we follow, you know, it's just so individual. And the reason why I enjoy these conversations with you, Alan, is because we have had, the two of us have very different backgrounds. You spend a lot more time with weights in the gym. I spend a lot more time just running out on the road, but, you know, we can, we achieve our own personal goals or our health and fitness needs in different ways, but we've we're basically, you know, pretty healthy versions of ourselves. So, you know, everybody, that's why the you do you uh, phrase is so brilliant because, <laughs> because we are so different and we can achieve the same ends with just different means. Yeah. And that's why I, you know, you'll see these, these workout videos and this or that, and they're saying, mm-hmm. okay, this is how you get six pack abs, do this workout. This is the workout I use. And mm-hmm. then you're like, well, dude, you were an Olympic athlete in your twenties oh, and, and, you know, and then, and then you, you've, you've never lost it. You've never, you've never been where, where we were or where right. we are. And mm-hmm. so I'm not saying, you know, any of this is wrong. It, he's, you know, Dave does right. his research and that's what I appreciate about him. Some other folks are just a little out there and a little whack. But Dave does do his homework and cool. he tries this stuff and he invests mm-hmm. his money in it and time. And so, you know, where he is and what he wants to do with his life, he's at a different place than you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a different place than you are. And right. Rachel's at a different place than you are. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so as you're as you're looking at your journey of what you need to do 
you just need to be realistic with where you are. Mm-hmm. And if you live in a town where he has one of his one of his labs or one of the franchises is opened up of his lab, go out there and have fun. Go out and check it out. You know, you can go if there's cryotherapy labs that they can put you in and say, okay, this is going to do this. They can put you in a hyperbolic oxygen tank. They can. There's all these different little things you can do. Um, mm-hmm. And if they make you feel good, great. Mm-hmm. But you know, don't expect to go into one of these things and come out like Superman. It's just right. not, or Superwoman, but it's just it's not going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. that's science fiction, and it's just not. But there are ways to be more efficient with this stuff mm-hmm. uh, to go through it. And and if so, if you don't enjoy it, then there are ways to be a lot more efficient with it. You don't need three hours. You don't need. You can get great workouts in a shorter period of time. Oh yeah. And so it's just a function of putting it together in the right way for you. You know, I had to figure it out myself. I tried to do mm-hmm. the insanity workout. They looked great in the video. I wanted to sure. look like that. And I I didn't, uh, couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's tough. I, yeah. I've not done it myself, but that's tough. And so but it's no, nice it, to have options. It is, it is. And and so you try something and try something yeah. different and, and you go yeah. through it, the process. But I would just say is when you start this stuff, it's, I think it's mm-hmm. really important for you to think about where your head is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if you say, I don't like working out, I don't like exercising, then I would say, then you don't really want this. You, mm-hmm. you're thinking about fitness, mm-hmm. but you don't really want fitness because what you're doing in the gym or out on the road is training. Mm-hmm. it's not a workout when you actually have the right mindset for this stuff mm-hmm. and you actually wrap your head around it. It's like, Oh, I'm training to be that really cool grandpa, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I want to be the grandpa that can go do what the kids are doing and be out there running around with them and rolling around on the grass and doing that stuff because I'm not worried about it. I don't, I mean, I won't, I won't even think about it then because it'll be play. It'll be mm-hmm. fun. And I, I don't have to worry. I don't have a plan to get back up. It's like, just roll, play, do the thing. And I want to be that grandpa. Yeah. And so I see it as training. Mm-hmm. And the word training has a very different connotation. If you think through your brain mm-hmm. of the good things that you've accomplished in your life, there was typically a state called training at the front of it, or you could have called it studying, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there was <laughs> yeah. training. And the Mm -hmm. training improves you in a designated way. Mm -hmm. And so if you say, I want to be faster, then you can train for speed. If you want to be able to run further, then you can train for distance. You want both, then you affect your training plan to give you some of both. You can be stronger and you can put Mm -hmm. your training plan that's going to do that. And then you put these all together and you might say, well, okay, if I add them all up, they will run longer, run faster and be stronger wow, that's eight or nine hours a week. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not. But if you think it's a, <laughs> if yeah. it's a lot, then you can say, okay, what are ways for me to be more efficient with this mm-hmm. Yeah, in a way that's going to let me accomplish all that? And that's where when he talks about, he talked about reaching the peak and then allowing recovery. What he's talking about is true HIT training. So you can build speed, a lot of speed with HIT training. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you're doing. You're running as freaking fast as you can. You're moving as fast as you can. That's speed. 
So you can mm-hmm. be training for speed, but the way you're training for speed is not just normal sprints stuff. You're actually put, packaging it in a way where you're reaching your max mm-hmm. and then you're recovering. Mm-hmm. And then you're running for max and then you're recovering. And so as you're building speed and you're building some of your stamina, your VO2 max, which is going to help you for your longer runs. So instead of doing longer runs all the time, you just change up your training a little bit and mm-hmm. you use one of these hacks, if you will, uh, <laughs> that is scientifically based and makes sense. And for a lot of people to be like, okay, that worked for me, you know, mm-hmm. that really worked. And then there's just going to be other people that are like, I don't like getting my heart rate up to 100% like that. I don't like being in that space, that pain space. Mm-hmm. And so don't, but, yeah. you know, try it if you want to tweak it. But, you know, the whole point is if you're thinking speed and distance, you're not at a baseline of fitness. I mean, you've worked up to a point where you're actually trying to accomplish something special. Something. Not mm-hmm. just being able to go up a flight of stairs. Right. So, yeah. you know, so there's a point there. And that's what I'm saying. So you don't necessarily want to be doing hit training when you're trying to work on going up a flight of stairs. Just go up the stairs more often. And that's going to sure. help you be able to go up the stairs better. If you want to be a little bit stronger, just start picking up heavier stuff mm-hmm. um, and you'll get stronger. But you could do all this reasonably. And if you just want to go at this with shortcuts because you don't like something. Mm. Then, you know, then just realize those shortcuts probably aren't going to get you the results that you really want. Um, And so the more you use your brain, your mindset and say, I'm going to embrace this as training. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I don't have to necessarily like it because I didn't like sitting there with the glime (laughs) studying for the CPA (laughs) exam, just Uh. answering all of these accounting questions in in a book, you know, multiple choice book and then checking my answers. I didn't enjoy that. But it was the outcome was important to me. Mm-hmm. So I trained, I studied. And if you can get your, your brain wrapped around that idea, that mm-hmm. sometimes you're going to do things you don't enjoy. Sometimes you're going to mm-hmm. do things that take more time than that you would want to put. Mm-hmm. But if the outcome is worth it. Yeah. Then the training's worth it. Then the training's worth it. And yeah. I think being a great grandfather, mm-hmm. and by that, I mean a great grandfather and then eventually <laughs> grandfather um, yeah, sure. is important. I, I just, I, yeah. that's something that's important to me is to be that guy that, you know, I don't want to be a spectator. I mm-hmm. want to be a participant. And mm-hmm. so as you think about what health and fitness means for you, then mm-hmm. you see these elements here. We talked about during this episode with Dave and look at them, look at them holistically, look at them deep and objectively and say, where am I? And what, mm-hmm. you know, what can I do? And then it's the, you do you. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you to meditate or do yoga or travel to uh, Tibet, you know, find something, try it, try it long enough to see if it's working or not working and then chuck it. If it's not, you know, Um, I've tried meditating good for about a good five minutes. Yeah. And then I'm building lists in my head. Yeah. List of stuff I should be sitting still. List of stuff I should be doing besides sitting (laughs) there meditating. Um, right. I'm building those lists in my head. And, mm-hmm. and so it's like, okay, I know that five to 10 minutes is kind of a sweet spot. If I'm going to sit down and do it. The other thing I know is I can't be in an office space where I have access to a phone or computer. I literally need to be somewhere where there is no technology mm-hmm. around distraction. Me. Right. So I am <laughs> in it and I, I don't have anywhere else to be. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the things. So for me, I have walking meditations that I do when I get by myself on some of the beach places I talk about here in Bocas. And so, yeah, when I get to those spaces and I'm walking and there's no one else around, I'm able to do the walking meditation. And so I turn off everything, turn off the nice. tech, turn off the eBooks, turn off everything and literally just exist for a period of time, breathing and th- and feeling and listening and all the different things I'm able to do it there. But sitting here right now in my office, if I said, okay, after this common and do a meditation, I won't make five minutes because no. I'm thinking, crap, I got to post that podcast today. I got to do this. Yeah. And I got to do that. And I got the client call at this time. So my brain won't shut off that way right now. And, and I know that. So, you know, again, hacks can be great, but they've got to be used at the right time in the right way. Right. So where you are to do you, those are all great yes. things. So <laughs> Dave's book is worth it. If you're interested in looking at ways that are out there, looking at the technologies and the things, cause he does a really good job of breaking it down, explaining mm-hmm. why this stuff either works the way it works or should work the way that it's supposed to work. And cool. you can, you can get into that, but I'd yeah. say that can't be your primary mode of operation right. um, because that's not going to move the needle enough to really matter. Well, it's, it's good to have tools. It's good to have options. You know, yeah. it's good to have different things that you can try and experiment with, but yeah, you got to do the big stuff first. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Great conversation. All right. All right. Well, Raz, I will talk to you next week. Great. Take care, Alan. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Next time on the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Dr. Rand McLean and discuss his book, Cheating Death The New Science of Living Longer and Better. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.